and welcome back to another episode of Blossom Down. We are your host. I'm Stephen Weed. He is Wally Lukashensky. That is David Klavan. And of course, before I toss it over to them, we want you to know that this episode is brought to you by tabease.com, the premier Delta 8 edible on the market. T-A-B-E-A-S-E.com. Make sure you use promo code FOOTBALL for 20% off that order, as well as free shipping. It's been a couple weeks. Wally, I know you have the best news out of all of us. How's your last couple weeks been, brother? Well, I'm just thrilled. I finally got a new car. I know that you both have been uh, in my ear about that, trying to figure it out. Plus, I gave it a great name. I've always really been a big name your car person. And when I started, my first ever truck was a big black truck. So I got Beyonce because I was in love with Beyonce. Felt like a natural fit. Then I was sad when I traded it in. So I had Ford Focus and I had to call it Gertrude because it felt kind of a disgusting car. And now... I'm finally happy again. I got a new-ish Kia Forte, and I got to name it. What do I do? Cardi B. It's got to be Car DB. So I'm doing great, Steven. I really appreciate you asking me that question. You guys might be uh, – keep your ear out. You might hear my dog this episode, so I apologize. I had a time for that. And before we throw it over to David, hear about you too as well, Steven, how you're doing. I've been kind of making it a little theme here of asking you guys a hypothetical to start a show. I'm going to do it until I run out of them. And I was starting to peruse online to get some ideas. And one struck me because I didn't really know how to answer it at first. If you could not choose one of the traditional superpowers, flying, invisible, super strength, we're talking off the beaten path, no Marvel, no comic books, Think about it. What would your superpower be? And I know that's tricky and I'm putting you on the spot. So think about it. Maybe we revisit the end of episode and see if we have answers. So anyways, while you guys are thinking, let's throw it now over to David. How are you doing today, buddy? I, I, it's been a couple weeks, so it's nice to have you back again. Second episode. Thanks. Thank you, man. Uh, I am doing great. Uh, much like you, I just got a new car as well. I got my Ford Bronco that I've been waiting on for uh, two, uh, actually over two years. And um, you were pumped. I wish people understood how much you've been pumped about this. Oh, yeah. What I'm color fucking is the ecstatic. What'd you say? What color is the Bronco? All black. I, I was going to do Blanco Bronco 2.0, but I thought it was going to be overplayed at the time I ordered it. So I just went with black and I kind of regret. But I not really because I fucking love the car. Is it a four door? Is it yeah. a two door? Is it is it convertible? Four door. You can rip the roof off. It's a hard top. Uh, it's got everything. It's it's lifted. It's lifted out of the factory an inch and a half, I think, and it's got thirty fives on it. Um, it's fucking amazing. You Rides look like, like a, a proud dad right now. I am. I fucking like it's. I was so upset that I when I hit the two year mark, and then uh, in Ford's system, it was still showing as a waiting shipment. But then it suddenly just randomly showed up to the dealership, and I have never been happier. I didn't focus at work at all the rest of the day. You've been sending updates to like friends of ours from high school basically every few days, at least once a week. So I think we were as, as excited as you were to finally get it. So now we don't have to wake up and look for that text, hey, Bronco's still 100%. not in here. 
Yeah. It'll I mean, I, now I'm now I'm gonna annoy you with other things, Wally. <laughs> yeah, like hey, look at what I can do with my Bronco. I went four wheeling this weekend. I did something. I'm excited for it. You're 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 all geeked out. But Steven, now let's go to you. We haven't heard from you really yet. What are you up to? How's your two weeks off been? Hope you're doing well as well, buddy. Two weeks have been great. Got to uh I think last time. It was right before Putin Bay. Got to go up there for the first time here a couple weekends ago. Uh, left a couple demons there. That is for sure. Had a great time having a boys weekend. Shout out to my boy uh, Brock Chamberlain moving down to Charleston, South Carolina. That was the main reason everyone was there. So it was good. But the most important thing that happened over those two weeks, Wally, that's right. These puppies right there. Loss of down shirts available now we got medium through triple x that's right and that's we appreciated got, by the fat boys really appreciated that covers wallies of all all age ranges from eight till current day so i love it we got the meetings we got the triple x they are a little bit of a slim fit just for a heads up i got i got myself in a 2xl fits like a glove shout out also shout out to my boy patrick ditto first purchase in person already got the memo let it sit there just to kind of resonate like oh my god i'm a businessman all of a sudden it's all it's all about rois am i right i love that you threw in the roi make sure though you're doing what steven's saying here too send any of the three of us uh name size prices uh, was it 25 or 20 i can't remember what it ended up being we'll do 20 flat for the first time no matter what there you go so yeah, we're not we're not exactly like this is just returning Stephen and my investment on these shirts. You guys are going to be fine, I promise. But if you want one, message one of the three of us, give us a size, and then we'll figure it out from there. We'll make sure we get these out here soon. But Stephen came up with that design, so all the credit goes to him there. It's about time. It's it's been in the making here for a little bit, and it's and it just feels right. You know, I. Never want to discount Mama Lukashensky when she hooked us up with those t-shirts last year. But that's gonna that's gonna be the retro look. That's gonna be the vintage look, which I don't want to spoil anything of our fun episode we have between Kyler Murray getting re-signed, Julio back in the league, some other drama in Tampa, but our schoolyard picks of the top throwback jerseys that we each think. This episode doesn't even amazing. have to be throwback. They could be now, but you know. Come on, the, the jerseys suck now. When you see the throwbacks, you understand why we're only going to – I don't think I have any jersey outside of, like, 85 on here. I don't want to throw any spoilers, though. I'm not here to put any spoilers. I'm here to talk football. We're officially one week away from the first preseason game. We're three days away to entering the final month without football. Or, no, I'm sorry, we're leaving the final month of July behind, and now it's nothing but football till February. Already kind of alluded to it here, Mr. Kyler Murray finally getting his extension here for a five-year, $230.5 million extension, 160 guaranteed. This deal is going to run through 2028 while he while he is the age of 31. And I'm sure all of you guys already heard that. There is a really funny clause in this contract that there has to be an independent study of four hours of game film that Kyler has to participate in weekly which I think is that, – that kind of seems like a little bit low of a number. But I want to toss it to you guys. Dave, I'm going to toss it to you here first. How is Arizona looking with finally locking down this quarterback after what seemed to be kind of a dramatic offseason of, of him having that huge question mark if he even is going to return? I mean, it looks good for them. I don't – the problem with, with Kyler Murray is not in a tier of quarterbacks that's going to throw them into 
Super Bowl conversation, like um, just by signing the contract, right? So I'm not sure paying a guy who 230 million, who's you know averages 3,800 yards and 25 touchdowns in a season. I, I'm not sure that's the most intelligent move, but you know there's not really another move to make because they're not going to draft anyone better anytime soon. They're not going to find anyone better in a trade or, or anything anytime soon. So you kind of have to, um, I, I wouldn't love to do it myself. If I was a GM, that's a tough situation to be in, but I'm actually more, I think, you know, what you're talking about that film study, it might seem low, but that's like an unprecedented addition for a quarterback. Like that's, that's, I don't even know if that's ever been done before. Cause I think if it has, we would know about it. Uh, I just, I, I don't know how you, you know, if you're putting that stipulation in that contract, like to get over 200 million is kind of shocking. Like you don't trust your quarterback to, to be in the film room. Why would you pay him $230 million? Um, even if only, I think only like a hundred, what is it? 160 of it is guaranteed. Like, you know, even so I don't, I just, you know, it gives me shades of like, you know, Jamarcus Russell asks, like, you can't trust the guy to actually watch film, so you got to put it in his contract. That's weird. That's really weird. They needed to put that in Jamarcus's contract. Maybe that would have, I don't know, maybe maybe Derek Carr would have just went to Houston again and just fizzled out like his brother, and you still have Jamarcus Russell. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, all right. Well, first of all, on the Jamarcus Russell thing, I can't get over to this day that they sent him home with blank tapes and all they had to do was try to put it on. Instead, it was, oh, yeah, I saw it. tricky stuff this week, huh? Like, what are we doing here? That is so embarrassing. The fact that he tried to turn that around on the Raiders this last week, I'm, I'm going to not. But you got to have, you got to have balls to walk oh, into yeah. That's Bo Callahan. At NFL locker room with the head coaches and not do a single thing and then act like you did. That's like. Like, if that was me, I would be too embarrassed. I'd show up. I'd be like, I got to be honest, didn't watch a single minute. Didn't even put it in the, like, VCR. Like, sorry. It was like the double down. Like, you, we joked about it back in the time when that movie Draft Day came out because that number one pick in there is a quarterback. And they're like, hey, we put a $100 bill at the end of the playbook. And players either come in and they're like, hey, thanks for the $100. So they don't mention it, which means they didn't do it. He was like, Oh yeah, I read the whole thing. Blah blah blah. They're like, "All right, great. What about hundred dollars?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Good one." That's basically what Jamarcus Russell did. He basically doubled down. He's like, "Oh, those tapes. Oh, I didn't. I didn't see those tapes. I was looking at the other tapes." What are we doing? Here? I, I, my right. VCR was broken. Actually, I'm. I'm sorry. Like I'm still. <laughs> I, I'm happy that I was young, dumb, and naive and didn't know what was happening at the time. Because can you imagine how frustrating as a fan it would be to know? you have a quarterback that was widely accepted to be the number one overall pick in the draft. And he just didn't put the work in Kyler Murray, very similar like story. I guess they're trying to avoid it. He's obviously had much more success in his career than Jamarcus ever had, but it was an interesting uh, addition to the contract. I think it's for me, the only concern about it would be, is this going to harbor any bad blood? I know right before we started recording, this is Thursday night right now, Kyler had an impromptu press conference where he was basically talking about how disappointed he was. He felt disrespected, and it all kind of falls back on the Cardinals for putting that in there. So I don't know if that'll 
affect but anything. You don't, you don't sign the contract if you're really that disrespected by the clause. He's he's disrespected because the media and the fans yes. now think he's a piece of you know what. But like, yes, I, I I just like I don't know how you can come up to me and be like I'm disrespected. It's like you signed the contract. Like I, if I was going in front of there, even if it was true, I'd be like I don't care. I'm getting paid 160 million dollars guaranteed. Like, I'd be like laughing about right. it. Yeah, I wasn't watching film last year, and I still got paid 160 plus. Like, yeah, <laughs> come on. You know he, you know he's putting forth the effort, and he even had a tweet. He's like, I think it's just ridiculous if you, if you think that I'm already not putting that in. But yeah, to your point, if it's if it's an incentive, if it's also an incentive base that they're kind of missing on, that's the easiest money ever. Hell yeah, just put put four hours, clock it in on a call Call of Duty. Just put like a mannequin head in front of it, and you're good to go. But Kyler Murray, since 2019, he has the second most rushing yards, just under 1,900. He has a, a second in rushing touchdowns for a quarterback, which you know who the first is, right? Josh Allen, I'm just saying. I always love that stat. It's my favorite stat ever. Well, you already know where I was going with it. Uh, tied for 13 with most passing touchdowns with Carson Wentz, kind of sketchy, which is 70. And Lamar has eight more. And this is all since 2019. So the dude's an animal. He is actually able to stay on the field with that – being his biggest question mark coming in with how tiny he is, but dude's only missed, I think like two or three games over, over the span of his career, which he can stay healthy, but can he finish the season? Can they have complete seasons? And is that going to rely more on Cliff Kingsbury or maybe Kyler Murray, but you're the one that has that fat contract. So now no one's thinking about Cliff Kingsbury's setup when he had the draft a couple years ago, you know, at his house there in Arizona. Now everyone's going to be focused on Kyler Murray, making sure he does the tape. I like it. And on top of this, Here's his, here's his money breakdown each year. 12 mil this year, 16. Uh, 24, he has 51.8. The following year, 50, 45 and a half, 55 and a half, 42 and a half. But in, in the 2027 season, he's only going to be $7.2 million in dead money if they do end up wanting to move on, which he'll be around 30. So that seems like the smart move. If they don't, that's 46.3 that, that he's on the hit for. So it is ridiculous these numbers that these quarterbacks are getting. Not that I'm saying he's not worth the money, but just even a couple of years ago when we started this, Wally, could you imagine that we're going to be seeing over a $50 million base salary for a quarterback this quickly? Well, and only think about what's going to be happening in the next few years when guys like Joe Burrow start coming up to their deal. The cap keeps ri like rising and rising and rising. I think it's going up another 30 or $40 million next year. It's going to keep getting more crazy. I mean, the idea of down the road in 20, 30 years, the idea of a $100 million player really isn't out of the realms of possibility anymore. I'm still shocked by the numbers, but I, you know what? I really love this contract for the Ravens. Big fan. Big fan of this contract for the Ravens. That's a starting point for Lamar Jackson. And if you're the Ravens, that's that's the hardest pill in the world to swallow. Like, where where are you going with Lamar? Great question. Last thing I will say on Arizona, because we did kind of blow by it, is they got lucky this week as Rodney Hudson, who is a guy that kind of like Alex Mack, I don't know how the metrics to get into the Hall of Fame as a center are, but I got to imagine he's at least going to be a guy that's going to be mentioned when that time comes, and he's back, and it looked like he was going to retire. So that's a huge win. If you're a Cardinals fan, I guess you have to be as optimistic today as you probably have been in probably since – that playoff game. Now, even if he's on your team or not, if you know the center's name, I think that's a good enough criteria to maybe start thinking that he's Super Bowl. Yeah, we know Alex Mack was on the Browns. He made a name for himself 
on the Falcons as well as the Niners. And now you're making a name for yourself here, Rodney. Uh, with you know, he had the Raiders, he had the Cardinals. I want to say he had another team in there, or were those the only two, Wally? He came over, I want to say from the Chiefs, believe that or not. He was actually a fixture there in Kansas City, and then the Raiders vultured him. We're missing which him. Happy about. With training camp starting this week, all 32 teams have officially reported veterans, rookie, and everyone in between. But of course, now we have the PUP list, the physically unable to perform. Essentially, if you do, if you do get placed on this, you miss first six weeks eligible to come back on the, the seventh game or the seventh week of the NFL season. Uh, the, the first couple teams that stick out, you got the Ravens with half their, half their running backs, Marcus Peter and Ronnie Stanley on there. Packers, half their O-line, a couple of receivers already on there. Then you have a bunch of one-offs. Tredavious White for the Bills. Newly acquired Leo Collins for the Bengals. Denzel Ward from from Clavens Browns over there. Randy Gregory acquired from the Broncos. Shaquille Leonard, not Darius, not Maniac, Shaquille Leonard ain't going back surgery this offseason. Jalen Ramsey, Tyson Alawalu, and of course, Chase Young with the ACL tear. So David, I want to open up to you. Out of all of these teams going in, it's this was going into the second day too. This wasn't, this all didn't just pop up today. Going into the second day of training camp, which team is the worst off right now? It's either the Packers or the Ravens. I say the Ravens, and I say that because that's a lot of running back room. That's that's all got knee injuries and all in a position where they could, you know, do it again in a week after they come back. Uh, the other thing is Marcus Peters. Uh, he's not exactly young, if we're being honest, and you have no idea how how knee injuries or or you know even if especially something like an Achilles, but in Marcus Peters case, like an ACL injury, you have no idea how that's going to affect his quality. Um, you know, he was an elite zone corner before, uh, maybe fell off a little bit, but you know, is he going to fall off a lot? Is he still going to be that corner? Is he, you know, it, it's a little different because he's, he's very good at zone and, and that doesn't require as, as much athleticism, but um, it's just, that's, that's a lot of knee injuries at positions that really require knees. I'll give you my answer now before we go over to you, Stephen. I'm going to also go with David here with the Ravens. Last year, most man's game missed. You guys at home have to be so tired of me bringing this up every single week, it feels like. But most man's games missed in the last 20 years. That is unprecedented. They're a team that have what feels like a pretty fringe elite defense. But last year, they were so beat up. It was a bad defense. Not even bad. It was like one of the worst in the league at the end of the year, if not the worst. That'll be interesting. Now, I, I don't want to take too much of the, the bite out of this question, but I'm also very skeptical this time of year looking at lists like this just because so much does change. These guys are coming. You might put a guy on the list that you're not even worried about because you might be looking at someone else or you're trying to be extra like cautious. So I'm not going to panic over any of these teams, but I think that you have to at least acknowledge the Ravens how banged up they were last year looks like they're still pretty banged up going into 2022. Yeah. And there's even, we were talking off camera, even a couple of these guys, a simple physical will get them right off that list. If they are able, if they are able to pass it. We have seen a couple of those, but for the, everyone I listed, those people seem like they're going to be on there. And a lot of them are ACL knee injuries, a foot surgeries, a couple shoulders here. So that's going to take a little bit, a little bit longer of a time. Um, I'm just going to be a Homer. 
here. And I think it's, you know, with you guys taking the Ravens, I think it's a clear cut because let's get the NFC side of things over here. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. You're going to miss David Bakhtiari. Uh, who's starting it off where we, we, Green Bay is kind of uncertain about what his timetable is in general. Uh, they slipped in that the fact that uh, the old the old Dak from Hard Knocks last year. Oh yeah, we had a we had another surgery that no one really found out about until right now. So that's going to be three surgeries since tearing his ACL in 2020, and didn't really he got about 27 snaps last year in Week 18 against the Detroit Lions. His backup, Elton Jenkins, also coming off a torn ACL. He was seen running in practice, but we'll see how it's going to go. You got Christian Watson, your rookie wide receiver, already on the PUP list because of a lingering knee injury. So you have that Sammy Watkins, not on the PUP, but already on some sort of injured reserve not or an injury list where it seems like it's almost day-to-day. I'm so oh my tired God. of talking about Sammy Watkins. I'm so tired of talking about – I forgot you had him. Yeah. He's and the it's greatest glass figurine in football history. <sighs> he is. He is. He's like, the, he's like the guy that's wrapped up in bandages when uh, Patrick, and, Patrick and SpongeBob go and sell chocolate bars. Fucking guy that's paper legs and glass arms, whatever the dudes, whatever the dude was saying. That's the Sammy heart attack puts him to sleep every night. <laughs> yeah, and that and exactly. And what and and the worst thing about following like I feel like NFL beat writers or people who are clearly have always stayed in that location, like for Green Bay. Like you've never left that that part of Green Bay, let alone that part of the country. And they will not stop talking about this Romeo Dobbs guy from Nevada. Like, oh, my God, this guy's making these catches, this, that, and the other. This this fourth-round pick's going to be it. It's day two. There's no fucking pads on. Let's calm down. It's the most wonderful time of year, Steve, and we do this every year. I have no idea why you're upset now. I love it. Talk me into these players. I want to believe that Derek Carr is going to have an 85% completion percentage because of how he looks in camp. I want to imagine the seventh round rookie is going to have an NFL Hall of Fame career. I want to believe that Alex Leatherwood is actually going to be an offensive tackle in the NFL. These are what you, we want. You That's know he's getting burned by Max Crosby every single play. Are they going to add Chandler Jones to that? Oh, nope, yeah. Like, nope. That dude's not getting better. He already said he's in the best shape of his life, so that means he's going to be good. Just because I believe it. I'm buying in. You and Alex Leatherwood, man. I mean, what every a time, love maiden. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. <laughs> yeah, that one's gone. Packers is my answer. Uh, it, it's hitting close to home, and the reality of just Reba not doing well and definitely not starting off the season hot, they're going to be 3-3. Three and three. I will say, as a diehard Packers fan, of course, I made the right move, and I put $25 on the Minnesota Vikings to win the NFC North, plus 220, plus 220. How could you not take that? It's smart. They're Right now, they're the most well-put-together team and it's because the other two teams are the Lions and the Bears. I'm just saying it's, 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 it's good, good money. Odds. It's good value. Good value. I'm, I'm with you there. Big now, odds guys over here. Now, we're going to go into – not it, it's sad, but it's not that sad because they caught it early – a team that is also going to have their own kind of problems this year is the Houston Texans. Their rookie standout, or at least the guy they want to be a rookie standout wide receiver this year, John Mechie, he got diagnosed with a form of leukemia, albeit it sounds like he is going to be expecting a full recovery. He will be missing the entirety of the 2022 season, and he's just getting off an ACL tear that kept him out of the college football playoffs as well. Obviously, you're devastated for Mechie, but it's very exciting. At least they sound like they caught it early. 
And maybe for Mechie's case, it's almost like a Travis Etienne situation where he avoids a dog shit year and a really bad offense. He can almost come back in in 23 and kind of get his true rookie season. So I'm rooting for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh... It's kind of super sad to me. I, you know, yeah, they caught it early, but let's be real. I don't think enough people are talking about how hard it's like how hard it's going to be on a professional athlete's body to throw in like the kind of drug regimens that he's probably going to have to go through and the lack of energy he's going to have. And then to recover and get back to the top 1% of 1% of athletes is, you know, is that really going to happen in a year? Is it two years? Is like, you know, does, does he miss out on, on a, a tier of excellence because of this? I don't, I don't know. I hope not. I wish that shit on absolutely nobody, but um, I, I just, you know, it's sad to me because I think about, I think about how difficult it's going to be for him to get back to, you know, again, the top like 1% of 1% of athletes. Yeah. I, I just, I feel super sad for him. feel gutted for him. It's so disgusting and unfortunate. It doesn't matter how many times we got to see 20 plus year olds have to go through some sort of cancer diagnosis and leukemia. It just never gets better. Obviously, shout out to our girl, Abby Turner. We'll get that live read here in a little bit. Sweet parlay princess, don't you worry. But yeah, it, you know, it's horrible. He had a quote here. Um, you know, he obviously said, I'm currently receiving great medical care. I'm in good spirits. I expect to make a recovery at a later point in time. As a result of this diagnosis, I would likely not be playing football this season. He's going to focus on his health and recovery. He said, thank you in advance for your support. Well wishes. I mean, this dude's an absolute stud and he was going into a better offensive room, which I better than the Jags last year, which is kind of a stretch, but you got Brandon cooks in there. You have Davis mills who put up a solid season and sometimes led some certain categories over some of these top touted rookies that everyone would not stop talking about last year. So I'm hoping for a speedy recovery, get him back on there and, you know, most importantly, get back to a team and hopefully make them competitive and make Houston want to cheer for a football team. Because it really doesn't feel like we've, over the duration of their franchise, we really haven't seen it outside of like the few years and peak J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins. So speedy recovery, get them back with Brandon Coast because I think that can be an interesting offense. Quick couple notes and then we can move on. Great point, David. First of all, on the ACL or on the the, the cancer diagnosis and how difficult it must be for an athlete even to stay at that level. Cause I think we've gotten, and I'm no better. I'm already doing it. We've almost gotten numb to like ACL injuries, Achilles injuries. Cause it is so normal for these guys to come back and come back at a high level. This is kind of unprecedented, at least for a position like this, it's going to be, or it makes you at least wonder too, like he's fighting an ACL tear. He's rehabbing. He's probably already been sick. Has that slowed him up without even knowing it? He's going to have to also now rehab that. I don't know how far along he is on his rehab, but while he's also dealing with all of this, probably chemo, all of the things that come along with that, obviously you got a roof for him, but Houston, you mentioned Brandon Cook, Steven, and I agree that could be a fun duo in time. But beyond that, you're talking about Philip Dorsett, Nico Collins, Chris Conley, there is not a lot there in Houston. It seems like it's going to be a rough, rough year. We'll go from one wide receiver to the next. I know I already alluded to it here in the beginning. Julio Jones finally gets picked up after sitting in free agency, which seems like forever after, after a one-year stint in Tennessee where it didn't work out. He ends up, big fucking shocker, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a one-year $6 million deal with incentives that's able to push it to $8 million. So Julio, 
going back to the NFC South, gets to play his old his old team twice a year, or at least twice this year. And now a fourth, honestly, a fourth threat in that receiving core. You got Mike Evans. You got Chris Godwin. You can sprinkle in Russell Gage. Don't forget about Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, fucking Brashad Perryman's even on that. But man, oh man, did Tom Brady just lock up the NFC with Julio? David has a great take on this. First of all, before David, I see you. You also have to mention Ryan Jensen goes down today. We don't know the severity of the knee. They also lost Alex Kappa this year, year too. too. Potentially something to keep an eye on. But yeah, very loaded. David, what do you got? Sorry about that. So, you know, I, I told you off camera, but I think an interesting perspective on Julio Jones is, you know, the last two years he's had significant, you know, off like stay on the field problems. Um, not significant injuries, just like can't consistently be game after game on the field. I think something interesting to look at is is how Tom Brady uh, has these trainers that focus on his flexibility and focus on his longevity and and keeping him healthy. And you know, does does Julio benefit from being around all that? Does he adopt those practices? Maybe he already has, and it still affects him. But um, just just something I think about, but, you know, in terms of the, the Ryan Jensen news, I, a starting center is outrageously important to lose, but you know, when you have a quarterback who was playing for Paul Brown and has seen the game evolve in, in every fast over the last hundred years, cause he's, you know, never going to die. Um, I, I don't think they'll hurt as badly as 99% of other teams would hurt losing their starting center. You'd never, Ryan, well, first off, Ryan Jensen carted off knee injury. His knee is so swollen that they don't know if they're going to be able to actually diagnose his knee within the next few weeks. People who have had similar injuries are all indicating that it's not going to be good, but hopefully it's not going to be as bad. My main takeaway is Julio is minimum, min, or honestly maximum, the number three option, which is so scary to think about. Even He doesn't even need to be 100% Julio. He needs to give me 75 to 80%, and that's going to work because pick your poison. Who do you want to double? Doesn't matter. Those two of those three guys are going to be wide open. And you know what? And like I said, Russell Gage really isn't that bad. He was able to kind of flourish a little bit due to Calvin Ridley being out, other injuries, and having Matt Ryan as your quarterback. You obviously get an upgrade with that. But Julio being the third option is doesn't matter if he's 33 coming off not only his worst year, but really the, his worst two years over the span of his career, it's still extremely scary for me to think about. You guys have pretty much drilled most of what I have to say. This is a scary as hell offense. If Jensen's fine, if that offensive line holds up, there's no reason to believe, to me, this is the team in the NFC. I'm a little lower on the Rams than some people are, just the nature of like defending and repeating. This is the team that's coming out of the NFC if they can get a little healthy on the offensive line. Which leads us into this week's schoolyard pick, where first of all, it's going to quickly become a tradition here. Steven does our picking each week because he came in third place. So, Steven, how about you let us know what we'll be drafting today? And how about you let us know the order we'll be drafting in? Before I let you guys know the draft order, we all want you to know that this week's schoolyard pick is brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, your one-stop shop marketing agency specializing in branding, 
high-end photography, fashion, and more, especially if you're me, Wally and David's age, where it feels like there's a college graduation engagement. Shout out to my girl, Nikki Christina, getting engaged this weekend, as well as Kylie's cousins, Kylie's cousin, Marie Karen's. There's, there's just, I'm telling you, it's every weekend. Weddings, baby pictures, you name it, it's fucking happening. Feels like it's every weekend. Abby Turner Creative is the only way to go. Check her out for yourself on abbyturnerphoto.com. That's Abby, A-B-B-E-Y. Or you can check her Instagram at Sawdad and Sapphire. Again, abbyturnerphoto.com. I don't want any of you guys saying you're my fucking friend. And I'm finishing 15% of the voting. This is outlandish. It is disrespectful. Don't even bother giving me a follow or lost it down a follow. If you're not even going to give me a pity vote to get me up to 20, north of 25 even. But the picks this week... You've got to be working with like seven or eight total votes between two weeks right now. You're doing great. What the hell? And six of them came literally this week. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, David. But you know what? With Julio being there, that washes out your Mike Evans pick. So watch out. I should have just snagged Julio because hindsight's 2020. This week, the draft order, I got David going first. I'm going second. And Wally, you can go last because you can go kick rocks, bud. All right, well, perfect. Before, David, you start picking here, just because we're morons here, so you guys, if you're following us, you're probably morons yourself. So we are picking one NFL team, one MLB team, one hybrid of either NBA or NHL, and then one other. It can be an NFL. It can be MLB. It can be one of the two other ones I mentioned, MLS, whatever. We just wanted to set the stage for you. We're giving you best uniforms, throwback, current, whatever. David, you were on the clock. Uh, easiest pick of all time. My favorite jersey in NFL history. Maybe my favorite overall, the San Diego Charger Powder Blues. It's not even close for me. That's like one of my all-time favorites. It's a great pick. Uh, I mean, I disagree uh, because I'm a Raiders no, fan. I agree completely, and I'm so fucking but- mad I gave David the first. This is why I didn't <laughs> – like, I thought maybe, maybe he was like, you know what? You got what? greedy. You got greedy. <laughs> see, I will say this. For the Chargers, whenever you see the baby blues versus the silver and black, I just always think it's one of the like coolest combination of uniforms because you get, like, the intense dark. You get the super bright kind of L.A., San Diego vibe. It just always felt like the perfect miss or like matchup of uniforms. So I'm not going to knock you, even though I disagree. <laughs> oh, they are so fresh though. Um, I'm a big, I'm a big component of the pastel bright colors. My friends call me the pastel prince. Cause I'm the only fat guy that wears bright colors. Good uh, for as you. you guys know, Let's that's go. why we like the word dark colors makes us look thin. But uh, now did we, did we establish? Cause I wasn't listening, even though I was, looking right at you guys does it have i have to pick an nfl team or i can just get outlandish right here you this can go is what whichever, I'm talking about. whichever the four categories you want whichever People, this, one is, you want. this is a group of morons and why are you, you yelling why because, are you yelling at me because i explained the rules before <laughs> i explained the rules during and like it i, I can't but whatever You're there's the a clock. fan behind me blowing like oh, a goddamn the, windmill the fan. yeah I there you go know. great Oh, that's her. That's the problem. We'll keep it on the pastel. I'm going to go my number one pick, second overall, 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneer creamsicles. They might be ugly, but they are fashionable. And I know I had to rip someone's heart out doing that. This is going to be so hard to actually see the grades come back on this. If you're only picking four jerseys for each of them, the bar is high. You better not fuck up your pick because these are some good, good uniforms. That's mine, baby. Wally. All right. Well, see, I'm going to be strategic here, and I'm going to avoid the NFL. The next two picks, you don't need to be strategic. Well, I'm going to avoid the NFL here. I'm going to wait and save it for my third pick because Wally's why would I risk to take it? those Eagles Kelly Greens last? Because we're already off the board with the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> I can make a case for him too. Zach Youssef, former uh, guest on the show. I know he's out there feeling the same way as I am. Kelly Greens, drink the Kool-Aid. Good times coming, Zach. But if I'm going to pick a uniform here, this is where it's tough because I'm going to actually go MLB. And it's maybe not the sexiest pick. God, I'm tied up between two. You're a fucking loser for picking a baseball jersey first. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> well, I wanted to pick NHL, but I don't believe David will have any. This is where it's more strategic than the other ones, where I'm thinking about what you might be picking. Um, I'm going to say... God, this is tough because do you go with the the you gotta go with the old tried and true. I may not personally like the team, but there is something about the New York Yankee pinstripes. They are is classy. Like you see pinstripes, you can be almost anywhere on earth. You know about the New York Yankees. So as much as I don't personally like them, you gotta go with the Bronx bombers and the pinstripes there. Yeah, sick. Way to pick a jersey that hasn't changed in 120 years. Notice why it doesn't change? Because it's fucking good. Anyways. Damn, all right. I am going to go with my fourth pick, or my fourth overall pick, second pick here. Oh, do I go NHL or NBA? I can't help myself. We're going to go NHL because I simply can't help myself. The Quebec Nordiques. It is one of the coolest all-time uniforms. This is where I'm going to lose all the listeners. I already have these guys eye-rolling at me. It is a literal igloo cut out with a puck and stick in it. It's one of those classic NHL jerseys like the Whalers, classic NHL jerseys like the Habs, like the North Stars. It'll never come back. But boy, when you see them, they are clean. I have no doubt that they're clean. I didn't even know a team name, the, the Quebec Nordics. I didn't even know they existed at any point in time ever. Well, yeah, and obviously they don't exist now, so I guess that doesn't do me any favors, I imagine. That's an igloo? Yeah, do you not that's notice? Not- but you guys Dude, that, at home, that- I will have a graphic out so you can see the jerseys for each of these teams. So in case you that's don't know. I've seen this jersey before. Yeah, that and it is clean like as hell. a sustainable place to live, regardless if you're an Eskimo or not. Look at the lopsidedness. Like, a sustainable I'm place for whoever live. stays there. Well, it's a great I'm, pick. I don't know what to tell you. The question is, well, do you go with the whites or the blues? And I think you got to go with the whites. Well, that sounded racist. Uh, I'm like walking myself. Every single show now that I bring up uniform colors, it turns into I'm getting myself in a tight situation so uh, i'm taking the white sweaters no one's gonna remember your picks after mine with my second pick right here i'm gonna go with the nba sticking with the pinstripes you gotta go what 
Oh, I already know. Uh, I have it on my list if it's the one I'm thinking of. Uh, the Toronto Raptors purple with the Raptor on it. Love Jurassic Park. Yeah, sick. You were going to pick the fucking Orlando Magic. Back yes, in I the was. That's sick. I know you were. The Raptors, the it's the black with the white pinstripes, the purple Raptor. Purple's also my favorite color. Love me some Jurassic Park. Jurassic World kind of sucks. But big dino guy over here. I'm going to go with the team across the border. The only Canadian team. Hey, we we love Canada over here, Wally. But in basketball, you got to go with the Vince Carter. I just put my whole arm in the rim, Vince Carter. I go chicken win. That's mine. David, don't rip my heart out. Of I, I, I was going to go NBA, but now that I know I'm going to get the jersey I want out of the NBA, I'm taking Wally's strategy. And I'm going to go MLB. And I am – so when it comes to Major League Baseball uniforms, I'm a huge fan of just simple, kind of like Wally chose the Yankees, just just simple, elegant, looks great all the time. You know what it is. And the 19, I think it's 1945 Brooklyn Dodgers, the scripted Brooklyn all-white jersey, I just think is one of the sexiest baseball jerseys of all time. So that's going to be, that'll be my pick there. And then the one after that, I'll go, I guess I could have just gone NBA and then back to MLB, but <laughs> because I'm not intelligent, you know, we went MLB first. I, I think my NBA jersey is going to be the, the Denver uh, Rainbow Skyline jerseys. Yep. I just, those are instant classics. I personally, my favorite, like it's probably that or the Phoenix Suns burnt orange and, and dark gray jerseys. But I think the, the Denver rainbow skyline jerseys are just instant classics. You just know exactly what you're looking at when you see them. They've had all time uniforms all the time. Like even back with Carmelo Anthony and late stage AI, yeah. those blues, those oh, were powder blues. Yeah. Some more powder with the, blues. With the yellow I had those oh, low on baby. my list just in case I almost went full powder blue all the way jerseys. They're great, man. And going back to the, what you said about the suns. So you'd prefer the gray and orange opposed to the Charles Barkley black and colorful suns jerseys yeah i just so here's the thing i'm a i'm a sucker for burnt orange the color like oh, just an absolute sucker for burnt orange so those those main burnt orange, like they, i think they were the alternatives in like 07 or something like that but the main burnt orange with the the dark gray accents were just i, I love those things you won't yeah, get the, me the steve nath amari stoudemire right yeah yeah, that's what uh his shooting oh no that's marion i'm thinking of never mind oh, retracted yeah, shoots from his knees they, hey hey same that was the same team so you're right wally yeah i got there in the end <laughs> i i kind of want to because we can't pick any nba jerseys and that this one will probably be on if we can the disrespect for the old school pistons jerseys just saying they're oh, bringing them back they were on my year. list the grant hill teals love them the, the Flaming Horse uh, Pistons jerseys are – are they were on my list. They were my third highest uh, behind Toronto and the Rainbow Skyline Denver. But, you know, I, I don't want to disrespect them, but, like, they're just not – they're top five. They're not one or two for me. That's literally my list right there, David. Raptors, Nuggets, Rainbows, Grant Hill Pistons. Vancouver Grizzlies. So is it safe to say that we're done with the NBA jerseys? So can I give my two? Because yeah. here's the thing. I'm not going to pick You're them because... You're going with Magic. Well, and see, that was pick. one of them. That, see, but it, I'm, don't, I'm not as big as an NBA guy as you guys are. I'm kind of a casual fan at best. Two that I love that I feel like don't get talked about enough, got to go Vancouver Grizzlies 
And you also got to go, who did I have here? Oh, the Kevin Garnett Minnesota Timberwolves. P-Wolves, baby. Those I thought were just nasty jerseys. The font was like sharp. You had the trees lining the, the neck. Yep. You had the sleeves lining or the trees lining the sleeves, excuse me. So I love those as well. I just knew that they weren't going to be picked here. So I'm glad I didn't have no, to do it. While we're talking about the Timberwolves, while I was, you know, deep, deep, deep into my 6,000 jersey research, I discovered a jersey I didn't know existed. And it was from last, I think last year or the year before. The Timberwolves have a purple rain jersey that is this like lavender purple and black. Yo. And I, it is. It's Prince, it, right? If it's I knew like it existed theme. prior, I might have chosen it. It's, it's hot. It is. And it's for Prince. And that's like their boy. That makes it even cooler. All right, Wally. Did we got lost in the snake. I think it's you. Is it back to me? Yeah, you're you're up. Did you officially hit the T-Wolves as yours, right? No, no. God, you you in this draft. Dude, we went format. through like nine jerseys on your turn. I picked <laughs> I, I have I have picked the Denver Rainbow Skyline oh, and the 45 uh Brooklyn Dodgers back to back. And now you're up. Unbelievable. I'm going to literally just shut the front door, Wally. Um, let's see, this one's tricky. I got an NHL and I got an MLB, but, but just in case for some reason Wally wants to throw this out, I'm going to go with the MLB. I'm going to go early 2000s, maybe a little bit late 2000s. Tampa Bay Devil Rays with the, with the fluorescent Devil Ray. It's the black jersey, kind of like the teal, I think like a little yellow, a little purple. On there, give me that jersey all day. Not a big baseball guy, but I'm a sucker for a for an animal that has fluorescent colors. David's burnt orange. I'm fluorescent colored animals. It's weird how in baseball, I think almost more than other sports, you can almost get these trends and you can feel them go through the decades because the uniforms all almost reflected. There was a big stretch in the 70s where all the teams would wear like the same color top bottom, but it wasn't always white. Then you had in the 80s, 90s, you got the baby blues. Everybody wanted to be a baby blue team. And then teal became a giant color too. So I actually really like that pick. I didn't expect it, but that was a really good pick. Oh, I know, baby. I appreciate you, Wally. I needed that today. <laughs> All right. Well, then I'll finish this up here with our last two. And my hardest part is going to be whether or not I go NFL, NHL, or double up NFL here. I'm going to obviously got to go with my guys. I'm biased. I know I'm biased, but I feel like I have the right to be with the Raiders. I think the silver and black is one of the most iconic looks in sports. There is a very seldom do I feel like you have fan bases that kind of connect with more than just like a city. Like the Raiders are the Raiders. They're, they're like the Raider nation belief. It's a real thing where misfits like me that grew up like I want to root for like the bad guys I want to root for someone not my team I feel like a part of the Raiders like I feel like there is a belief and I think it all stems from that Al Davis silver and black let's make the attitude and I think that the uniform reflect the team perfectly and you can't always say that now my final pick is tough but I gotta do it I have such an awkward infatuation with the Houston Oilers in their white road jerseys with the baby blue pants, red face mask. To me, yep. it is such a criminal thing that we lost these for the atrocities that became the Tennessee Titans. 
I bring us back to the fossil fuel days because these are a hot, hot uniform. Bring them back full time. That's all I ask the world. Yeah, unfortunately, that's not going to happen because of Tennessee's Tennessee's somehow rocking a similar color. Yeah, it's uglier. So the disrespect that they had to not only move that team, but to, to make the colors worse. How could you? How could you do that? My final pick here. And I'm surprised Wally didn't get this because it is an NHL team. You might know you might know where I'm going from here. Give me the Phoenix Coyote. Oh, get out of here. Oh, 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 the Kachina. Ooh. You got the yep, you got the black, you got the green on top with a little bit of the white and red trim. And like, I don't even know how you would classify that. You know, you have you have what Robo Pen back in the day, that's what they called it, right? Robo Pen like, is one of the hottest jerseys out there, too. And it felt so 90s. Like the like the box coyote, like the boxy coyote. I don't even know how you would what the name would be, but give me the old school coyotes jerseys if you if you're here in columbus well i know you see me rocking i love rocking my my old school phoenix coyotes i got the logo white with the purple brim that's my favorite i easily fucking kicked ass but david i guess i'll let you have this last hey, pick before you go any farther look up later they did this inverse reverse retro themed jerseys a couple years ago in the nhl they are kind of the like purple? the yeah, they're like the Arizona Diamondback colors yep. of 2001, but in the jersey you're talking about, and I'm not kidding, I'd have 19 of those jerseys if that was my team. Yeah, it looks like there's like the Grand Canyon of, or some sort gorgeous. of... Just gorgeous. Yeah, it has like the desert in there with just the head. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, yeah, those are those are money, and I they, they recently just came back to that look, didn't they? Because I know for a while they kind of revamped it, made it the Arizona Coyotes. Hockey's like bad about that. They just basically trade their logos from retro to new every 10, 15 years and just do it over and over again. Brutal. I w- hey, I wish more. I wish the NFL would do that, honestly. All right. David, bring us home, baby. So because I'm last pick, well, actually, first off, Wally, I just want you to know your two NF- your two NFL picks are my three, four. Oh, like, let's go. That's fine. Literally three, four. I have three as the Houston Oilers, Baby Blues, and the four is the Raiders classic home kits. Um, but anyways, I'm going to give you an over – I'm going to give – since I'm the last pick, I'm going to give you all four of my others that I, that I literally want to cry that I have to choose between. Uh, the first is uh, Michael Jordan era Tar Heels, white with the powder blue. Uh, okay. Those jerseys that he wore in college. The Nigerian soccer kits from 2018. Yeah. Uh, yes. Texas burnt orange, like just the classic Texas burnt orange for all the reasons I said earlier. I just fan. And then the 70s era Netherlands, all orange soccer kits. Now, but, how are they different than like the Rob Van Percy? Uh, the, what is it? Aaron Robin? I can't remember how you say it. I, um, I and Robin. We share the same birthday. No big deal. So. <sighs> Not they're a little lighter of an orange, but they're just like the instant classics. You know, they got the white collar with that that Netherlands orange, and it's just those those era kits are unbelievable. Like I I love them to death. Uh, but again, you know, my bias towards oranges is clearly showing. But I think my answer, for the sake of they just look so damn cool, even if they aren't instant classics, are the Nigerian 2018 uh, soccer kits. Like. 
I just think those things are unbelievably cool. I even own one. Like the minute I saw one, I was like, I need that. I don't know Nigerian soccer players. I need that jersey badly. Uh, so that that's going to be my final pick just for the sake of how cool that jersey looks. This is going to actually be, I think, our first tightly contested. Lost. I think I'm actually the soft. Wait, what was that? Your first loss to me. I'm fucking coming out swinging. There's really, no way that I can't feel confident after that. My biggest problem is going to be the hockey. I, I don't know if I'm going to connect enough with people to get a hockey one in there. But here, a couple of uh, honorable mentions for you. Yes. NHL, love the Blackhawks. I think it's one of the most iconic looks in sports too. Same with the Montreal Canadiens. Hartford Whalers, Minnesota North Stars are all great. I told you guys my picks for the NBA. Also had a couple other ones. The Magic Yellows, back in the day of the Lakers where the number was actually faded really hardcore, not like they do a little now. I thought those were sweet. And otherwise, no, I, I have uh, baseball. I mentioned the Angels in the 90s. Pinstripes, they have an A with an Angels wing on the side of the hat. I thought those were sweet too. But outside of that, I, I was pretty thrilled about uh, even the picks that I wanted that I couldn't get to. I felt like you guys had a lot of them. So I didn't, like I got to talk about the cool ones. There was a lot of meat left on this bone for sure. The Falcons all black. That that was definitely up there for me. I know I kind of went over the Van, the Vancouver Grizzlies. Um, if I was gun to my head for an MLB throwback, I was going to go with like the Nolan Ryan Astros with the little rainbow look type deal, which I like. David uh, called that before you gonna, came on too. You what? Dave was like, Steven's going to pick the, the Astros with the rainbow. I did. That was my prediction. I thought you were going to pick the Astros. <laughs> I'm, so I'm so happy. I uh, I did a last-minute search, and I was like, oh, dude, how did I forget about the Wade Boggs era of these uh, of the Devil Rays? I've expected I you wanted... to do the, the, what, the softball shorts with the white socks. That's half what I expected out of you. <laughs> yeah, they don't make those in our size, let alone my size. Now, one I was going to throw an absolute curveball to, and if I know you guys have never seen them. It's the Kansas City Scouts. Now, you guys are like, who the fuck are the Kansas City Scouts? This team is ridiculous. They were in the NHL for a couple years. They then, they then, or they were in a couple years, then they transitioned to be the Colorado Rockies, originally as an NHL team. And this was before the 93 when the Colorado Rockies had come alive in the MLB. So from there, they ended up moving to New Jersey and ended up becoming the New Jersey Devils. I want to say like late 80s, something around there. Then 93, the Rockies came in. But the old KC Scout jerseys, look those up with, with the blue and with the red stripes and the yellow trim on it. And I got the logo right here, actually. Just a nice man on the horse ready to go scouting, I guess. I really like that popping out. That was going to be my wild card. Which ones did we miss, David? I was trying to pull up the Scouts jersey for David so he at least well, has an idea. I, I had it up. About. I I – I love the logo, but I hate the the gold. I hate the gold on that jersey. I got to be honest. I love gold. It Mr. looks Power. like the damn St. Louis Blues jerseys that had the whatever. It's terrible. It's, I agree with you, David. Whatever. I I think so. You know, in in classic uh, Wally Homer fashion, uh, the the historic Browns jerseys, like you know, just brown on orange, uh, like the brown on orange pants. I think are are the Browns have shitty color schemes, but you know, I think those jerseys are, are an instant classic, but uh, Eagles Kelly green is, is, I don't think we've mentioned it outside of referring to it earlier. 
I think those are instant classics. And for the sake of uh, Mr. Yusuf listening to the podcast, uh, I rated those as my, I think, uh, my fifth best jersey. I mean, so, you uh, could do so many throwbacks in the NFL. The NFL is so good about the iconic you know, you know, the other one to the NFL that I'm, I'm thinking about is those uh, Patriots Reds. Patriot Pat. Yeah. Yep. The Patriot Pat. That's what I forget. Yep. yep. Those are, uh, those are forgotten about a lot. Those are pretty good ones. If we're being honest, they had and really bad teams forget. during them, but do not forget about them because David, they're coming back this year. Patriot Pat yeah. is back. And Wally knows how to make a segue. Perfect. Right after our schoolyard pick, we're going into a, the emergency rapid fire here. And like Wally was alluding to not only the Patriots, they're one of 13 teams that are going to have new ultimate helmets being unveiled here leading up to the season every single day, like every six hours, a new team had something popping up. So I'm excited. I like these old looks. Some are just kind of boring. Some are definitely sticking out. David, kick it to you. Which one of these is sticking out to you the most? I, uh, I, I kind of had to think about this. Uh, I think the bears actually have the cleanest helmet in that. Uh, I, it's you a hot take. Out of your mind. It's, it's a hot you take of the century. Here's the problem though. You're getting a guy who's biased towards the color orange. So it's probably a bad take, but it's my take. <laughs> we are. Um, I thought we eliminated one of the oranges with the Bengals this year, and instead you're just going to add in another one? I know, I but I kind of like the Bears. Color, I like that orange on black look, but I did have my my two very, very close runner-up. If that, if that helmet wasn't orange, they'd never even be in the conversation for me. But uh, the two runners-up that are probably the actual favorites are the Patriots, and I think the Jets are my third favorite. But I, you know, like we were talking about earlier, the Patriots, that's that's gonna be an all-time comeback. I'm gonna just assume you're asking me the same question, Steven. So I'm gonna give you first of all, one no, of No, I'm actually was gonna ask you a different one. But I guess well, if you, you got a different one, I'd, I'm ready to field it. Yeah, no, you yeah, you call my bluff. I have nothing for you. <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> so there are four throwbacks that were included in this obviously patriot pat you have the Giants spelled out lawrence taylor helmet you have the red atlanta falcons and the white thanksgiving dallas cowboy one all great looks you'll never find me really bitching about throwbacks i think they're great however i have been clamoring as have Bengal fans as have anybody else who likes the aesthetic of the white on white on white that white Bengal tiger helmet is so damn clean and it's going to be able to work with almost any combination they can go white white orange white white black white black white i mean they can do anything with that white helmet now and i just it will never happen but i would welcome a day that they basically go 50 50 with the orange i think it would be awesome i love love that helmet Wally giving us a little fashion lesson that white goes with everything. Who would have thought about that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now the Dallas Cowboys, let's throw that one out. Like, like he says, for Thanksgiving, this, this isn't a surprise or anything new. And I really, all in all, I really, really think those jerseys and everything is sick. David is out of his mind. I'm a Syracuse fan. I love my orange, but my God, there is, that's enough orange. That's enough orange in the world right there. Oh, I forgot about that. We've I've never told you to. You both are Syracuse Orange basketball fans. I don't know how that happened. Well, never got oh, David, up. let's fucking ride. This is our year to uh to be a couple games over 500. Yeah, I was going to say, get that NIT yeah. birth, baby. I uh, go Orange. 
hey, I'd rather get in the NIT than, you know, have really high standards and then get kicked out of the first round every year like Ohio State was. I was going to say, I'm not saying Ohio State is a good basketball program. Do not mistake that. Sorry, I'm defensive. All right. It's, <laughs> it's the 2-3 zone in me. David gets it. You, you just wouldn't. My pick is – these are, these are hard. Uh, the Black Eagles, that one's kind of whack. The Saints are whack. The Texans are whack. And even though I said the Texans are whack – I think I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons with the red and that retro look, but adding the red helmet, if they could bring those all blacks in there that we were talking about in the other, uh, in the schoolyard pick, I think those are going to be the dirtiest. I do like the new Jets look, although Jets, come on. I love the new look, but you got to bring back the 78 to 89 look with the Jets. And you actually have like half the plane. I think the plane is the J with the wing. And then it just spells ETS. You need to bring that back. There's some good talent on that team where you guys will not only actually you might play good, you can look good while being only a couple games under 500 for the first time in 15 years. Come on, do something. Uh, last thing, and then we'll we'll really actually rapid fire because this hasn't been very rapid at all. Yeah, uh, not at all. <laughs> the wave of black helmets this year. Dave and I were talking before this uh, recording. I, I'm really almost frustrated because I feel like a lot of these teams are doing it and it doesn't make sense for them to do it. Like I know the Cardinals have the black uniform occasionally them going from white to black made no sense to me. Washington. We'll see about those. I like the Eagles. I like the jets Panthers saints made no sense to me. It's just, it's a wave and I'm excited or not excited. I'm dreading the idea that the one day the Raiders will end up going with an all black uniform alternate and that will make me so now see i actually lied i was gonna pick the panthers that one slipped in my mind i think the panthers out of all the black helmets those are the those are the hardest it actually has a color that's complimentary i made fun of david in orange what are you doing it's not the black here's the thing the black looks really fucking good on certain teams but we're overplaying it because it's the easiest way to not be bold or the easiest way to be bold i guess for these teams like you're not taking any kind of risks like the ba- I know it doesn't seem like a risk after seeing it, but the Bengals going to an all-white with the Tiger Stripes helmet is kind of like a risk. Like, if that doesn't pan out well, that that looks really bad. You know, the all-orange Bears helmet, that's a risk. That's like everyone hates it or loves it. That's, you know, the all-red Falcons, even though it's a throwback. Like, you know, going a full color that's not black or white is a full-blown risk. So, you know, black, all black with your color scheme, as long as it's not like the Browns where you're throwing black and brown together, you're, you're, it's, it's pretty impossible to miss. So it's not very bold. And I get your point, Wally, if it's overplayed, but you know, I do think some look really good. Uh, I now, agree if you, you. you kind of notice here uh, outside of the Patriots, obviously the Bengals and the Cardinals, these teams didn't make the playoffs last year. Yeah, the Cowboys wanted to, but this is the version of getting these teams excited. Hey, are you excited? Are you fucking excited to go 7-10? and 10? Look at my new helmet we're getting, you guys. No, you know what that reminds me of? When the Browns were all-time shitty and hyped up the fan base with new jerseys, and all they did was change the shade of orange from the logo. That was like an all-time, holy shit, you guys have no idea what you're doing <laughs> moment. DDD005 is the Browns orange. Well, here's DDD004. Watch the fuck out, world. (laughs) Yeah. I I just know I'm disappointed that we're not going to see Tom Brady in the creamsicles unless something changes. 
No, I how, think I think they're actually bringing them back this year. I think they have they're slated. For okay, so I've seen that. Yet. I heard that. I thought they were bringing those back for one game or something. Well, they I should. Was, I mean, they're one of the best ever. That was sprinkled in the mix of like when a lot of actual fun things were happening in the NFL. And like, oh, by the way, cream sickles are back. Oh shit, Gronk's retired. That's so and weird though. Imagine, that that imagine we got a game where Tampa Bay played the Patriots and we got the cream sickles versus the the Patriot Pat. Oh. And Tom Brady was wearing uniforms in an era where he turned 65. Uh, <laughs> Just imagine I, that field of like, the creamsicles versus the powder blues for the Chargers. Or even worse, the creamsicles versus the all-line greens for the Seattle Seahawks. Well, like, oh, you God. guys, I know we're going a lot on uniforms right now, but you guys, I'm sure, remember when they had the AFL, like, 60th year anniversary, I think it was, probably about 10 years ago. Yep. And everybody that was in the AFL wore their throwbacks for like six games that year. Yeah. It was the coolest damn thing ever. And I don't know why. I, I know it's the damn helmet thing now. It made no sense that they would go away from it. It's it such really, a money revenue They generator. should bring that back like every five to ten years. Literally just go back to your throwbacks. doesn't have to be a lot. Like two games every five to ten years. Throw Like give your fans a reason to buy – that jersey of their favorite player at that time like every single time that's just easy money it's it just abusive classics like yeah. steven i don't know what's your opinion on your packer jersey we talked about with the brown helmet like the, the leather simulation blue jersey yellow circle what'd you think i'm not i'm not begging for it but i it's it's like a one game a year that they play and i like it and it looks, it looks cool but this past year they brought in like the darker green the little bit more darker yellow where it popped and now that just puts those jerseys to shame so i like the ones they had last year i didn't mind the ones with, it was the blue with the beige because it's just completely out of left field of what everyone knows what the packers colors are so i liked it i don't mind them i'm not clamoring for them but now after seeing last year's that those are the only ones i want to see fair enough now let's actually rapid fire here last few segments of the day and then we'll be on our way the Bears are entertaining the idea of putting a dome on Soldier Field. Probably helpful, at least, so people in planes don't have to see those orange helmets. What do you guys think about colder teams going to these domes on their established buildings? You need to have any single home field advantage as you can. And if you're going to be the third team out of a four-team division to have a dome in there, you're not taking, you're not going to gain any advantage. And I get it, you're right there. You're right there on the lake. You got the lake effect. It's an absolute shitstorm there in Chicago. The dome, yeah, I get it. You want to move away. I don't like the cold. I like seeing the snow. Football is meant to be played in the snow where hits are a lot harder. People are getting a lot more hurt. You have ground and pound on there and get surprised by some throws as well. But I like the, I like the Tony toe tap and he slide 15 yards out of bounds because it's just so slippery. I hate the domes. David, what do you think? I... A mixed right like I hate domes for the reason that you're no like you're not going to get the the Browns and Bears wind effect on kickers you're not going to get the freezing cold ice bowl games but I kind of love uh, oh and I don't think you can have real grass in domes I don't like that either but but what I do love about domes is the potential for like revenue for the city so like you know the Bears could get a Super Bowl in Chicago you know if the Browns went to a dome they could get a Super Bowl in Cleveland I just like the dome environment better 
for more than just football, right? Like more than just the game of football, but I don't like that it affects like the history of the game and, and some of the most legendary performances or games or things we talk about happen because, you know, domes didn't exist. But I do like my biggest thing about any sport is like, if you're not playing on, on real grass, like for soccer or football, like I don't like turf causes more injuries. It looks cool. It's really easy to maintain, but like, real grass is where it's at. And, and if you have a dome and you can't have real grass, I'd rather just not have the dome. You can ask the San Francisco 49ers players that what, when it was two years ago, week two matchup and like half their defense tore their ACL on that damn turf. But no, that's why I said, boom, that's like the greatest. That's one of the biggest reasons why it's like, now you're going to take put players at more risk of having those lasting injuries or injuries that can be career ending potentially depending on how bad it is if you're doing that you're just going to be able to kind of multiply the places that they can do it i don't like it unless you have a retractable roof so you can't keep the grass in there that's what i'm about but i I can't see you having a retractable roof in chicago it's either one or the other Or, or even if you're arizona or vegas those are two teams that have those sliding football fields that's just not very practical in a lot of these areas especially in a big city like chicago I'm not stupid and naive to the fact that domes are coming. It's getting to the point where we're going to have them all over, but I still would rather see the outdoor games while I can. So I'm going to go down kicking and screaming, but it is inevitable that domes are coming. Now, David, let's go to you first on this next one. Josh Rosen signs with the Browns right ahead of kind of a, an unknown season right now. We don't know what you guys are going to look like. What was the thought at least in your mind when you saw this excited to see what the guy can do at least in preseason. No, I couldn't. Here's the thing. I couldn't care less because if you told me he was cut by the end of preseason, would anyone be shocked? And frankly, all he's there to do is carry the shoulder pads of the three quarterbacks ahead of him. Like, I I hate to say it, Josh Rosen, I had high hopes for him when he got drafted. Uh, I think he got a really raw deal going to two horrific situations consecutively. And not to say that a great quarterback wouldn't have overcome at least even slightly, but I just think he got a raw deal. You know, nobody looks at him as a backup quarterback and, and, you know, not, not as a number two, right? Like he's the third guy or the fourth guy on a depth chart. He's at worst a practice squad guy, but like he's irrelevant for the Browns. This is just a name getting onto the roster to fill a gap that I think they know is coming with Watson. And you said it best. I think he has been done so dirty by this league. He was drafted 10th overall, never, he never had a shot the second he got drafted because they knew that they had their eyes on Kyler Murray as the number one pick that following year. He's only started 16 games. This is his sixth team in five seasons and overall 12 touchdowns and 21 interceptions. Now I don't, to David's point, do the great quarterbacks overcome this? No, because the great quarterbacks at least give a little bit bigger of a chance than this. Only 16 games over his five seasons. This dude has started. He has now collectively had a full season and yeah, he's also bouncing around a bunch. Like again, this league has done him so dirty. And I think that he I think he's a viable backup. But man, you just got to give him someone that can take him under his wing. Get to Sean Watson, take him out to the to the massage parlor, get to get to know each other a little bit. You cook a steak perfectly well. Let's say you like it medium rare, right? You can't get back to medium rare once you get it to well done. And Josh Rosen feels like he's gotten to well done. And he's broken now. He's got to hope for a backup career, and I don't think it's going to happen for him. Steven, now it's your turn to go to your team. Oh, you boy. have been high on the fire goop 
train. You've been pushing for it for the better part of a year now. The Packers took a detour on that, as you hear my dog barking in the background. They extend LaFleur and Gutenkoos. What are your thoughts? Well, first off, as you can tell, Wally's dog is also on the train of fire, Goot. Uh, Matt LaFleur, yeah, you have, to, you have to extend him. He has the most wins in the first three years as a Packers head coach. And I want to say as an NFL record, too, but I don't want to talk too much out of my ass if that's not true. But he's obviously successful. He comes in with a struggling future Hall of Fame quarterback and seems like he's revitalized career. But maybe that's good and good because he drafted Jordan Love. Uh, I saw this hilarious tweet the other day, and it was from a you know from a Packers guy, a Packers insider, that it's Brian always in the conversation, Gutenkus, because yet again, here's a wide receiver in Julio Jones who had a lot of speculation of being in a landing spot, being in Green Bay. And here comes Brian Gutenkus, not able to get a job done. Just like when he drafted Jordan Love and he moved up so he can get Justin Jefferson, but when he couldn't get it, that was the next viable option. There's just a plethora of things that go down from not being able to draft anybody, fucking up, trading up in the draft, not being able to get it done in free agency, when there's a glaring need and Matt LaFleur got Brian Gutekunst's contract and it's miserable for me. And I'm still here saying fire Goot because I am so sick of this dude. I think the Packers biggest problem over the last 20 years has been the fact that they're not owned by one person, like a majority ownership by one person because all of their GM, like Ted Thompson to, to Goot, like these guys are not very good. Like they're just, they're proven that they're bad drafters. They don't do well. They get lucky sometimes, but like, they're not, I I don't know if that's because, you know, there's not a real owner in the conversation saying we need to go get top talent. We need to go do the X, Y, Z, or maybe it's just whatever board is, is hiring. These guys is just really infatuated with how they come off in an interview and not with, you know, a a history of any kind in, in any kind of role that would, you know, lead to them being successful. But like, it's just kind of weird that, that these two hall of fame quarterbacks back to back for the Packers have propelled them over some of the worst drafts. Like I can think of for a team that's, that's just unbelievable year after year. And I kind of want to, I want to go against the bad drafting because I think they draft well because you know they're not doing shit in free agency. So they're somehow obviously outside of the Hall of Fame quarterbacks. They have some good studs, and most of the people, obviously Devontae being one of the, one of those guys, are able to draft good receivers, defense. But what they're really good at is not signing one in free agency. And the ones you do get right in the draft that excel, you're really good at letting them walk. Uh Casey Hayward, Micah Hyde. And I'm still fixated on those guys like seven years after the fact, but they can draft consistently no they'll hit i think they'll hit two each draft but those two that they hit they're letting one walk and it's mind-boggling to me don't you ever wonder though when you look at some of the decisions that are made like last year urban meyer got hired in jacksonville and everybody on earth that had any kind of i feel like football iq at all was like this is a bad idea his offense doesn't translate his ego is too big to imagine that he's going to be able to hire the people to able to run this team the right way. Then you have guys like Gutenkus, and I, I don't want to push back too hard on you, Steven, about the draft then, but more or less to me, this is a team, to David's point, that has had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks that I feel like has hidden some glaring mistakes and glaring holes. And it just, 
it makes you wonder if the non-owner, the having the, the unique situation that is in there at Green Bay has almost allowed this to kind of uh, fester over time. So this is like the expected almost result because it doesn't feel like it's changing. And I mean, there wasn't, in my opinion, nearly enough urgency this offseason to try to capitalize on the end of this prime of Aaron Rodgers. No, you put an owner in there, and I don't think we're having this conversation after what happened last year. I think if you have an owner, Gutenkus is gone after not only, you know, the abysmal drafting of Jordan Love, but just the you're just not taking care of Aaron Rodgers. You let Devontae go. This is a fireable offense in a lot of cases. Doesn't matter how long you've been there, if you've worked your ranks up throughout the organization, that those are fireable offenses. And I completely, 100% agree with both of you guys that there's an owner in here and not just like 500,000 local Green Bayans who are just like, oh, yeah, well, Brian Gutekunst really isn't that bad, eh? You know, he's, he's, a, he's a nice dude. Uh, this it, isn't it, Minneapolis. It, Come on. No disrespect to my Southeastern well, Wisconsin. I just – here's the thing. The other thing about having an owner, to Stephen's point earlier, is is you probably make more signings. You you know, whether it's signing your guys again or going out in free agency and, and getting after guys, you probably end up with more because most owners – most owners don't own the team to make a profit. Um, some do and ruin it for that fan base for decades, but most don't. Most – you know, half of those most are are out there in a hobby and willing to spend every last dime they have on the team. And the other half of those are just willing to to lose a little money, but not like their whole checkbook, right, to the team. But regardless, you, you have to wonder how many players they retain over, you know, over time, if they're significantly better because of it, or just how many different free agents, if they had a real owner pushing for the team to be just, you know, go out and spend. We've got you know, coming off, let's say coming off the Super Bowl year with Aaron Rodgers, you come out and you go, okay, how do we get back? What are we spending on? Right? Like, how are we retaining players? Who in free agency is out there that's going to get us right back to the Super Bowl, right? Like the Rams are doing right now, or even Tampa Bay, like, how do we get back now while we have these, the this prime quarterback, we'll spend it all for 10 years. And then we'll, you know, we'll save our money while we're rebuilding with, with Jordan Love. But, you know, I, I, you just have to wonder, you know, how it changes from a free agency perspective and a, a like a GM draft perspective. If they have real ownership pushing, like this is my team, we're gonna be good. Figure it out or get gone. You know, never heard of anyone going on vacation in Green Bay. That's the only thing. Joe Kim Noah, shout out. Just kind of a little twist on his on his words. Oh, that's fine. If we're going to take shots at Cleveland and uh, Southeast Wisconsin, I got one for you too. Speaking of owners of the Green Bay Packers, the San Francisco 49ers named their starting quarterback this week. Trey Lance is officially, officially the guy. What do you guys think is going to happen now with Jimmy Garoppolo? Because we've heard all offseason, they plan on moving him. All of a sudden, there's not really spots for him. Is this the situation because of all the dead cap they have? They're going to be end up looking at a situation where they might have to cut Jimmy Garoppolo. You never hold on to him for four weeks. I think uh, after one game of Drew Locke, somebody's going to be in the market for Jimmy G real quick. But that's the thing. That's a division rival. Will they do that? To to shed whatever his, what has he got? Like 24, $25 million off the roster. Like, yeah, it might not help you at all this season, but at least you're not paying a guy to, to sit and rot. 
I think the 49er situation is interesting because I don't think Trey Lance is the guy, but I think, I think, you know, Garoppolo isn't like, there's no upside to Garoppolo. He's the 18th or 17th best quarterback in the NFL. And you just can't pay that $30 million a year. So like you have to move on from him, but Trey Lance wasn't very special last year. I don't, I don't know how that's going to pan out for them. Thank God they have uh Shanny coaching the team because that's going to require a lot of chess moves for them to be as good as they were last year with Trey Lance all 17 games it's he has a lot of raw talent and if I don't know if I'm fully in the Trey Lance car right now but if anyone's going to be able to get the most or get the best out of him it's going to be Kyle Shanahan because like we're saying it's not like Jimmy G is special but they were able to win the Niners, not Jimmy G. Quarterback wins is a team record that they give to an individual person. And Jimmy G is the outlier. And I, I love how everyone loved the quarterback wins thing until Jimmy G started winning. They're like, wait, wait, wait. This dude's throwing like 86 yards a game and he's like 30 and two. No, no, we got, no, we can't give this quarterback record. So they're going to either have to bite the bullet, wait a few weeks until they're, hopefully there isn't a significant injury. Or just maybe Bill Belichick's cooking something up to get his boy back in New England. <laughs> Look, we talked about Josh Rosen getting an all-time raw deal to start his career. Jimmy G got the exact opposite, yes. starting oh. behind Brady with Belichick and then moving to fucking Shanahan and yeah, the 49ers. Yeah, banging porn stars on the side. Yeah, like, yeah. like we got like that. That's an all-time deal for a guy that really isn't. You know, he, he's he's average. He's league average. That's who he is. Yep, got sheltered for four years. Brady got pissed off. But honestly, credit to Brady, too, for keeping his head. The, the fact that he thought, and it makes it sound like Bill Belichick at some point believed Jimmy G was going to be the successor is crazy to me because he's just not the same guy. But last topic of the day here, and then we'll get out of here, guys. Michael Thomas finally back. We're talking almost two full seasons out. He posts uh, Instagram videos of him running routes the other day. He's kind not of. the same guy anymore, right? He can't be. No, and we were even kind of talking about this one when I sent one of those Instagram videos of just a simple, like, 10-yard out route, and he looks slow. He looks lethargic. Well, Steve, like Wally just said, it's two years. I don't care. You know that dude is training somewhat. Dude's an athlete. He just – he looks slow. It's It's one video at one angle. I get that, but that is a large amount of time to miss. And he's, but he is in a good situation where he, he's going to have some time to blossom when you have Jarvis Landry. You got your boy, uh, Alave. I couldn't remember if it was Gary Wilson or Alave. Got Alave coming in there. We'll see what Jamo's going to look like. But Michael Ta and obviously Alvin Kamara there in the backfield with his boy, Mark Ingram, they're going to have time to have him blossom and get back into shape. But first look right now, he's not looking good. The slant God, I don't like. I don't here's the two things I think about when I think about Michael Thomas this coming season is how much he could benefit from Alave and how much he will miss Drew Brees. Jameis Winston is not throw it into the tightest window in the NFL, the most accurate quarterback in the NFL, Drew Brees. He's gonna throw to Alave more than he throws to Michael Thomas because Jameis Winston loves just throwing it. He's a gunslinger and a not very good one, but I will say the Drew Brees thing because I sit here and I wonder, you know, you watch those videos and you're like, is he really that much slower or was Drew Brees putting balls in his hands in slant routes that he was just picking pockets, right? Like, I, I don't know. 
I don't think Michael Thomas is bad. I just think he was very, very overrated after his, you know, stellar season. But we'll see. I mean, they, they've got a lot of weapons on offense that he can easily free up and, and be the guy he once was. Maybe not that peak, but we'll see. Yeah, it's, it's a weird dynamic of, you're right, Jameis is a gunslinger, so he's going to throw it more, turn it over more. But at the same point, you'd imagine they're going to have the ball more. This is a 30-30 quarterback that we've seen, what, three years ago even? You don't just overnight fix those problems, and now you don't even have Sean Payton there. It's Dennis Allen. So I do think that that offense is going to be a little bit more disappointing, and I think the Saints as a whole will be this year. And I don't – I feel like a lot of people are almost chalking them up as a wild-card team or a 9-10 win team, and I simply don't see it. I Yeah, the defense is good. And yeah, I really like Olave. I just can't get past. We're, we're one year removed from the Saints having like being like a hundred million dollars over the cap and nobody knowing how they were going to have anyone but rookies on the roster. So like, you know, I don't know how they got out of that situation, but you know, I, I just I'm with Wally. I don't think they're they're a team that's going to be very good. At, at most, they're 500 in my opinion, or I guess slightly above or slightly below 500. Well, you got to think about the division they're in, right? Yeah, you got it's Tampa Bay is king. They're the only team that can beat Tampa Bay too. Then you got Carolina with their the quarterback. The Baker Project, baby. What? The Baker, the Baker Project. Project. The wall. The Baker Project with Sam Darnold looking over his shoulder. You got talk about a project, Marcus Mariota in Atlanta. That's just that's that's a halfway through a project is what it looks like. No, nowhere close to being done. So, before we head out of here. After a final segment, while we have to follow through with the hypothetical. Yes, we do have to follow through with the hypothetical. And I told you guys it was a bit of a thinker. So I hope you've had a little time to at least kind of come up with an idea. Do either of you want to go? Oh, you forgot the hypothetical. It is if you could basically be a superhero, what would your superpower be? The only hang up is that you can't pick the traditional superhero abilities. Has to be a oh, off easy. the beaten track. What is it? So, so what's what's traditional? Is it just a superhero that's existed before? I would say if, like, you know, it's going to be the the Marvel five. guys. We're talking the DC comic guys, like the big stuff. If it's something low end and we haven't heard about, it, I think it's fair game. So no flying, no super strength, no X-ray vision, no invisibility, no like, invisibility, no super speed. What about super teleportation. Speed? Damn, that's I'll like Nightcrawler from X-Men. I was sitting there. I'm trying to think. I'm like, I I think teleportation plays. I'll allow it. Is this like a distance thing where only like within every so many miles or are you just popping up in Tokyo? No, I, I kind of, I'm kind of thinking like, like jumper style where you just, you, you see an image and you can just go there. Ooh, that's cool. You have I to have like a printer around. If that plays, it. that's mine. I think, no, I think that works. And I actually think that that's better than mine. Mine's dog shit. Steven, do you have any idea? Oh, yeah. It's superpower. Uh, that's so rave, but being able to see into f- to the future, but you're, strictly for betting. Oh, no, my God. Betting. You're in the same ha- – I literally want to pause time or I want to do the Marty McFly. I don't even need a super, like, power. Just give me the damn almanac from 1983. I just need the almanac. I, I, but, like, my mine would be pausing time, so I think we're in a similar headspace. Pausing time. How many – 
I think ever since Clockstoppers, which I hope you guys have seen that movie, ever since it's essentially the same thing. Watch, you can stop time, yada yada. Every single morning I wake up, I wish I had that watch. And it's been like that for the past 18 years. Well, like my whole thought process on it was I know that I'm a, a highly anxious person. So I almost need that moment every now and then to be like, hey, you know what? You made a few mistakes. Pause. It's just like a Hey, it's like a take a deep breath, but the other people don't know what you're doing. Just like, all right, well, cool. You obviously have never in. seen quick and how dangerous that could be. True. Sorry. You, you want to wrap us up? My dog just knocked the door open, so I got to go close it again. Hey, well, hey, that's going to bring us to another episode of Loss of Down. Shout out to Stormy. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Loss of Down, as well as our Twitter down underscore loss. Remember that this episode was brought to you by tabbies.com as well as Abby Turner Creative. Wally, David, well, I guess mostly David, what are your parting words for the people this week? Uh, I, there you are, Wally. I, I have nothing except for vote for my jerseys because they're clearly the best, and I, I, I got nothing else. I think we touched Seems on fine. literally every point ever this week. Yeah, we, we, we didn't exactly stick to rapid fire today. That's something – We'll have to get back in the film room, do do a little uh, we need do like a, a little four hour. Well, I was just saying, we just have to do a four hour independent study, and we'll be ready for everybody <laughs> here in a couple of weeks. I agree. Berman's got the fastest two minutes. We got the fattest two minutes, the slowest two minutes. Whatever you want to look at, we got it right here. Until next week or next time. He is David. He is Wally. I'm Stephen. We are loss of down. And make sure to go vote for my jerseys. Please, God, I cannot lose three weeks in a row. I cannot. Stormy, shut up.